Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. Good morning from the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy here in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. It's always a wonderful grace to have you with us. And um, we're excited because today we're going to be talking about something that people have been asking me. I, I know I kind of say this every week, but people are like, Father, why haven't you done this talk? Or why haven't you done this talk? This is definitely one of those. Blessed Michael Sapochko is the confessor or was the confessor of St. Faustina. And what we have been revealed by him is absolutely incredible. And um, this is absolutely one of my top five in the saints, even though he's a blessed. Um, this is an incredible story and one that you don't want to miss. And so um, we're grateful. Uh, we just did a Living Divine Mercy episode last Wednesday, a couple days ago on him. But Today we got a lot more. So let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask through the intercession of Blessed Michael Sapochko that your divine mercy be showered upon the world, especially in this time of trouble. You knew St. Faustina better than anyone other than Jesus, and we ask that you help share what God's mercy was meant to be and how we can live it. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's go to our first slide. This is uh, the, the talk that we did that's up on our website of Blessed Michael Sapochko. On, he was St. Faustina's confessor. This was our Living Divine Mercy show on EWTN. If you haven't seen it yet, please join us Wednesdays at 6.30 as we will now be hosting uh, different shows. I'll have Father Thaddeus hosting, Father Mark Barron, Father Don Calloway will be doing some. So we're excited. There's a lot of good stuff coming. So today, uh, this is something um, that, like I said, I should have been talking about a long time ago, but let's do just some of the basics of who this person was and what you need to know that he taught us that people aren't listening to. Uh, real quick, he was born in a Polish religious family on November the 1st, 1888, in what is now Lithuania, which is important. And we think of him really as just merely a witness to the holiness of St. Faustina, to her sanctity. Yes, he was her confessor. And in that way, yes, he was a witness to it, but he was a man of sanctity off the charts in his own way. And uh, the story is incredible. Um, you know, there's a priest in Buffalo, uh, Father Bill Quinlevin, that um, I'm going to show his book at the end of this talk. Uh, it's one of the few priests that I've ever known outside of us Marian fathers. Of all the places I've traveled in the world that has said, Father, you got to have the people get to know Blessed Michael Sapochko. So um, we'll be talking about that. But anyway, uh, he was a holy man. He was a theologian. A lot of people don't realize a great theologian. Now, let's go to our next slide, because for those of you who don't know, many of you do, uh, he was the principal instrument that God used to fashion the soul of St. Faustina. People think, well, Jesus did that. 
Yes, but the grace comes from God for everything. But he used Michael Sapochko to form her soul. So if he could form the soul of St. Faustina, what could he do for you? I mean, that is an incredible realization. If he formed her soul, let us listen to what he had to say. All right, so now he was uh, also the instrument that saw to or saw through the painting of the divine mercy image he spread the chaplet of divine mercy he brought us the novena of divine mercy and so he took efforts the biggest thing to establish the feast of divine mercy we would not have these things today if it wasn't for blessed michael sapochko and father seraphim and that Father Michael, or Blessed Michael Sapochko to start it, and Father um, um, uh, Seraphim to really modern times uh, to, to continue it. This is how the Marians are involved. You always say, Father, what does it mean to be a Marian helper? And why would I follow the Marians with all these other religious communities out there? God chose us and you, you wouldn't be listening, to be part of our Marian family. And this is the most amazing story. Uh, it's an incredible gift from heaven, uh, fully approved by the church. And so we have to really listen to what it has to say. Now, he published research for the theological basis for the devotion of divine mercy. All, you know, all this internet stuff, please don't fall for this trap. These um, uh, renegades, these, uh, these rogue religious communities that are out there slamming St. Faustina. I'm going to do a whole talk on that. I know that I said that a while ago. Uh, you can't canonize a saint who is heretical, okay? You can't do it. And St. Faustina is fully canonized. Uh, oh, it's been banned. I, I, I'm going to talk about all that. It's, it's, uh, it's just sad, and, and that's the work of the devil. If you've fallen into that, calling St. Faustina heretic, you've fallen into the work of the devil because she's a canonized saint by the gift of the church. And, um, and so anyway, he proved it theologically. And so Blessed Michael Sapochko is the one that showed the theology is, is amazing. And so anyway, he studied the devotion of divine mercy. Remember the devotion is Finch, F-I-N-C-H, like the little bird. F, the feast of divine mercy. I, the image of divine mercy. N, the novena of divine mercy. C, the chaplet of divine mercy. And H, the hour, three o'clock of divine mercy. He studied all of that and uh, fully approved by the church. So anyway, beginning though, uh, the story goes that St. Faustina, before she came to Vilnius, she had a confessor in Poland named Father Andraj. He was a Polish confessor, but then she was sent to, sent to Vilnius. And this is modern-day Lithuania, at the time part of Poland, though. And she was scared to death. Um, even St. Faustina was afraid. And um, Jesus himself, though, promised her that he would send her a chosen confessor. And meanwhile, Blessed George, who we also just did a show on, um, on, uh, on Living Divine Mercy just a couple weeks ago, Father Thaddeus did it, um, had become the Bishop of Vilnius. So this all ties to the Marians. All of this story of Divine Mercy, if you are tied to the Marians in any way, 
uh, be it reading about Divine Mercy, watching these talks, supporting our mission, um, you know, uh, uh, visiting our website. You are part of this, the greatest mission in the church, in the history of the church. And um, you're part of it. And so anyway, our renovator, Blessed George, our Marian, he, we were down to one Marian left, was the Bishop of Vilnius. And he called, this is the town of the image of divine mercy. And he called Blessed Michael Sapochko back to Vilnius. Now he arranged for him to come back and that's when he met St. Faustina. And this meeting was amazing. She had a vision that she was going to meet this priest, and he was the one God sent her. And so right now, he then becomes her confessor. Let's watch. Last night, he had Brother Mark take just a couple-minute clip out of the movie Faustina, Love and Mercy, where she meets Blessed Michael Sapochko and listen to what she says to him in the confessional. It's amazing. Let's take a look at this clip. She has not met the confessor whom the Lord Jesus promised her. In two years, however, she is transferred to Vilnius. rebels against some orders of my superiors. And which orders don't you obey, sister? I obey them all. And there's no sin. Jesus told me that you will be my confessor. Sorry, who told you? Jesus. Jesus. Are you sure? Yes. I've been seeing him for a long time. He showed me you many months before I ever saw you. Is everything okay with your head, sister? Excuse me? For these and all the sins of my past, I'm truly sorry, and I'm asking you, Father, give me an absolution. Sister, as I agreed to be your spiritual guide, I want you to disclose to me not only your sins, but also your thoughts, instigations of evil, and sister's visions. Only then I could see what truly happens in your soul. I will reveal everything to your father. Jesus himself told me not to hide anything from you. Otherwise, he would hide from me. And he also said, you would help me to fulfill his will on earth. 
I understand. Sister, please write all these words in your diary and underline these words you are certain Jesus told you himself. So you have there quite an amazing clip. Could you imagine being that priest and you're in the confessional with the nun and she tells you, Jesus appeared to me and told me you're the one. So um, a very powerful clip there, um, worth watching again. Now, basically, Sapochko helped her to discern these visions. And if you notice in that clip, he instructed her to write the diary again. Now, what happened was earlier she had burned, you've heard me talk about this before, the original copy of the diary she had, and Jesus appeared to her and told her to write it down because the devil played on her humility and told her, nobody is going to pay attention to you. Who, who do you think you are? Out of humility, she burned it. Well, now obedience is the greatest, greatest virtue she was told to write it down again. And so now let's go to our next slide because what we have today is a revised copy of the diary. And many people don't realize this, but the diary has been recopied and it is kind of, um, it's not chronological because uh, she was still having visions when she was trying to write what she could remember. <clears throat> and, the, and, the, and the events got kind of mixed up. It doesn't make them invalid. It's like the Bible. The Bible is a little different in each of the books. Same stories, a little different. And some people say, well, that makes the Bible invalid. No, let's suppose all of you here in the shrine were down at the corner, ready to cross the street, there was an accident. All of you are being honest to the police Every one of you tried as best you could to recall what happened, but I guarantee you if there were 20 people, you'd get 19 different stories. You'd get a variation. And so it doesn't make it invalid, it's just a different way of telling. And so Sister Faustina does that in the diary. Now, Sapochka was a great theologian, but he said he didn't understand something. There was something that he questioned about Faustina uh, that he didn't understand the depths of God's mercy. And he was most amazed by one of our Lord's messages to Faustina above all the others. And basically he made it the final testing ground for the authenticity of her revelations. And that was the claim that mercy is the greatest attribute of God. In fact, my professor at Franciscan University, when I was doing my postulate year, said, you one of those Marians? And I said, well, I'm not a Marian yet. I'm just a postulant. And I was taking philosophy. I was doing my philosophy. Remember, uh, uh, Catholic priests are different because unlike in the other uh, uh, religions, we take study, the study of man, which is philosophy, then the study of God, which is theology, not just the study of God. You have to understand the study of man, uh, like in anthropology and in, in, in cosmology, the universe, everything. And so... What happened was this professor said to me, I don't get you guys. How can you claim that mercy is the greatest attribute of God? Every one of his attributes is infinite. Omnipotence, omnipresence, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. Um, all of those are infinite. He cannot have one greater than the other. The answer and what Sapochko said is um, Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas and St. Augustine, 
both talked about this when commenting on the Psalms. Now, what they said is, yes, it's true, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, they are infinite. But in relation to us, they don't mean as much as mercy. The very fact that God is omnipotent, he's all-powerful, that's good. But what matters most to me is he's most merciful. The fact that he's omnipresent, he's all over in every place at every time, that's great for me, but it's not as important for me as the fact that he is merciful. Because the fact that he's omnipresent doesn't forgive my sins in the sense that the way he is, oh, merciful. And so from that point on, he read Aquinas and Thomas uh, and uh, St. Augustine, and he never doubted Faustine again. And so with all that doubt removed, he began putting um, the Lord's request to St. Faustina into action. Now, let's go to our next slide, because here is the famous image this, uh, he commissioned this image of divine mercy to be painted. Now, don't fall for that other, just this crazy stuff out there. Uh, there's so many wrong errors and things like the original image by that De Silva guy, uh, full of errors, full of errors. And um, in fact, uh, one of them um, that people bring up to us all the time is that that painting is that of Blessed Michael Sapochko the painting of divine mercy. No, it's not. Michael Sapochko modeled the alb, the white robe that was in the painting on Jesus, simply so that Eugene Kazmierowski, the artist, could see how the folds, like when somebody, he could have put it on anybody, but he happened to be working with Blessed Michael Sapochko, so he put on the alb to see how the folds of the, of the uh, robe or the alb would lay, and so that he could paint it accurately. This is not Sapochko in this image, and we get these letters all the time. Don't fall for this stuff. Um, and so anyway, um, this is an image he had commissioned. St. Faustina insisted on this. And so then on Divine Mercy Sunday, 1935, he had this image displayed at the Ostrobrama Gate, which we have right here in our shrine on the back wall up under the right. Um, he had this shown on the Osterbrama Gate in Vilnius, the Dawn Gate, they call it, and our painting up here is called Our Lady of the Dawn Gate. Um, and, and then in a nearby church, he, uh, in fact, let's show you this, for instance. So let's go to our next slide. I bet you, you haven't seen this before. Did you ever ask what happened to the original image of Divine Mercy, the one that actually was painted with Faustina as she was making marks and working with the artist, the actual one, the one that you see, this one here, this is a replica. But what happened to the actual real one, the real image of divine mercy that was held by St. Faustina and painted by Eugene Kazmierowski? There it is. There's a picture of it that Brother Mark's showing on the screen right now. This is the original image of divine mercy displayed in Vilnius, and I celebrated mass right underneath it a couple years ago. Uh, it's right above the altar, and I celebrated Mass right below this image. Uh, one of the greatest thrills of my life. And so anyway, um, he then in a nearby church preached the message of divine mercy. He gave the first sermon ever on divine mercy, and Faustina was there. 
She was there. And so what happened was, Blessed Michael Sapochko took the Blessed Sacrament, and when he took it to bless the people, listen to what happened. She saw Jesus, the divine mercy, with the rays from his heart extending over the whole world. Now they did a wood carving of this scene. She explained what she saw. Where is that wood carving of, a, of the description of what Faustina saw when Michael Sapochko lifted the monstrance with the blessed sacrament, the rays came out and went over the whole world. Where is that? Let's go to our next slide. It's right here at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, right to my left. And so as, if you're here at the shrine, you could take a look, and Mark is showing it on the screen, uh, that image, and guess look, what's right below it in the photo you're looking at is a picture of Blessed Michael Sapochko. That's him on the photo. But the wood carving of that event, of the rays coming out of the monstrance, like Jesus' heart going over the whole world that Faustina saw, they did a wood carving of it, and it's right here, here at the National Shrine. So take a look at that. Amazing. And so anyway, um, she saw Jesus blessing while the rays from his heart extended over the whole world. That was 1935. Then in 1936, he wrote the first brochure on divine mercy, as we do now at the Marian Huppers. I've written several myself. I've written the Finch pamphlet, uh, the, the uh, devotion of divine mercy. I've written the ABCs, which is the, um, the, the message of divine mercy, because it's both a message and a devotion. Amazing stuff. He started it. He started, I, I haven't done anything. I'm just following in his footsteps. Now, Faustina said that divine mercy devotion would be suppressed. Here's another thing. All these letters that we get that it's phony and it's of the devil and it's satanic because it was banned. She knew it. She wrote about it. Um, the divine mercy devotion would be suppressed for some time after her death. Yes, it was temporarily halted because there was a faulty translation. Um, it would be accepted later, though, and I'll talk about this, uh, although Sapochko would have to suffer much for it. And in World War II, he did suffer. He had to go into hiding. For two years, uh, he was a gardener. He pretended he was a gardener, not a priest. He had an alias. Uh, but he used this time to establish a new religious order. Let's go to our next slide. Here are the group of sisters. Now, if you've ever read the diary of St. Faustina, she talks all the time about this new religious order that she thought Jesus wanted her to start. She talks about it all over in the diary. And I remember when I first read the diary, I've read it cover to cover uh, a couple times. And it's time for me to read it uh, again, cover to cover. She talks about starting a new religious order and Jesus, she thought that's what Jesus wanted. Do you know if that religious order was ever started? Yes, it was, but not by St. Faustina. You know who started it? Sapochko. And there's a picture. And he used this time to establish this new religious congregation based on St. Faustina's vision. And it's called, they're called the Sisters of the Merciful Heart of Jesus. This is different from Saint, than St. Faustina's community. They're, they're the, our sisters of Our Lady of Mercy. That's the one community that St. Faustina was with. But now Sapochko started a new one that Faustina thought she was supposed to start. And this is called the Sisters of the Merciful Heart of Jesus. And that's their picture. Now, he then, let's go to our next slide. He ended up dying on February 15th 
the reason we're doing this talk right now is because his feast day is coming up in a couple days next week. And um, he died in 1975. So you see the dates there, 1888 to 1975. Bielzostok, Poland, and he's buried there, but he died just before the ban was lifted. God doesn't make anything easy. And so anyway, she asked God, she asked Jesus why he treated Sapochko so bad. Do you ever wonder why God allows the bad things to happen to you? Do you ever? I mean, like, I'm like, I'm going to a critical, I remember once I was in the airport and I was the keynote speaker at uh, a talk that, that had 1,800 people. I was keynote speaker. And I had to push it to the night before the flight the night before because the conference started the next, because of my duties. And the flight got canceled and I couldn't get there. And I remember saying, Lord, why are you doing this to me? And, and, and we don't see sometimes the bigger picture. So it'd be easy to say that about Sapochka. And Faustina did. Faustina said, Jesus, why do you treat him so bad? She was defending him. She saw how much he was suffering, how nothing went his way. Everything was against him. And she got, she got a little bit feisty. I love St. Faustina. That's what I love about her. And she got feisty. And she said to Jesus, I don't understand it. Why are you treating him so bad? And what did Jesus say? Let's go to our next slide. He said, my gaze is fixed upon him. These words are on your screen. And I permit these adversities in order to increase his merit. <laughs> I do not reward for the good results, but for the patience and the hardship undergone for my sake. Wow. So he doesn't reward all this we try to accomplish. That's not what he, God rewards. He re rewards the hardship that you persevere in suffering and patience. The next, he said, there will be as many crowns to form his crown as there will be souls saved by this work. So every soul he saves is another crown, a thorn in his crown, just like Jesus all right, so <clears throat> he gave. Uh, how did all this get to be? Well, we've done talks on this, but anyway, I won't go into detail. But he gave divine mercy materials to our Marian, Father Joseph Yarzembowski, to bring to America. We did a whole show on that, on, on Living Divine Mercy. I also did a whole uh, talk, a Saturday talk on it. Um, and so then he wrote several articles for what was called the Marian Bulletin, the Marian Helper Bulletin. And guess what that became? Let's go to our next slide. Our Marian Helper Magazine. And if you want a free copy, uh, please sign up. Just go to marian.org slash Marian Helper Magazine. And um, he wrote articles for the Marians. The Marians are tied all the way through this. It's the common thread. If you look at St. Faustina, if you look at Divine Mercy, if you look at Blessed Michael Sapochko, if you look at John Paul II, you look at the spreading of Divine Mercy, you look at all this, the spiral, the common thread running right down the middle is the Marian Fathers. And that's why I'm a Marian. I knew that this was the, this was Divine Mercy was what I had to do. I knew it was my life's calling. And that's why I became a Marian father. And so anyway, um, he gave it to one of our Marian priests, uh, Father Joseph, to bring to America. Um, and so he did. He wrote many articles. And so there's, 
really something amazing about this guy. Now, I said a second ago that we're getting ready to celebrate his feast day next week. And so ask him for graces on February 15th. Now, let's go to our next slide because this is an incredible story. Father Sapochko and another famous confessor had some amazing parallels. Who? The confessor of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, who brought us the Sacred Heart. And they are connected. This is St. Claude de la Colombière, and he also worked with a nun named St. Margaret Mary, who also had visions like Faustina. She had Divine Mercy. St. Margaret Mary had the Sacred Heart. And they, both nuns had doubts. Both confessors had doubts. So here's Sapochko, the confessor of Faustina. Here's St. Jean-Claude uh, de la Combière, St. Claude de la Combière, and he had doubts. And they both had a lot of suffering. Listen to this. St. Claude carried the burden of spreading the sacred heart message and devotion to the world. Very hard on him, just like Sapochko did with Divine Mercy. Um, this was the same situation with Sapochko, spreading the image of Divine Mercy, the Feast of Divine Mercy, the chaplet. We owe it all to him, and then later, Father Seraphim. Now, he died on February 15th. Again, the feast day coming up next week. It's the same day Sapochko died. Both of them died on the same day. Now, not the same year, but both died February 15th. And both both were shown Jesus, a nun that Jesus was appearing to. Now, what makes it funny is, do you know who also is this name day? St. Faustus. St. Faustina was named after an early century martyr named St. Faustus, and his feast day is February the 15th. You can't make this stuff up. It is so perfectly placed by God. Now, there is a difference. It took 300 years for St. Claude de la Colombière to be canonized, but only 33 years for Blessed Michael Sapochko to be beatified. I once asked Father Seraphim why, and he said, Father Seraphim's hilarious. He's sitting there eating his, his food. I got all my wisdom on divine mercy catching Father Seraphim at the dinner table for years. Just pick his brain. Because I knew when he was eating, I could, I could get him. And I, would, I was asking him, I said, Father, you talk about this connection between the confessor of Margaret Mary and, and Sacred Heart, and, and you connect it with St. Faustina's confessor, Michael Sapochko and Divine Mercy. But why did one take 300 years to be canonized, but it only took Sapochko 33 years to be beatified? And he said, huh. God's in a hurry to get this message of mercy out there. He says, we don't got much time left. So God's in a hurry. He's in a hurry. And so Father, or, uh, Dr. Stackpole, one of our theologians here, along with Chris Sparks, said this quote. I think it's amazing. He said, we need both. And this is another trap don't fall into. That, that Faustina is a false replacement for the sacred heart. Divine mercy is a false replacement for the sacred heart. I do entire talks on this. Divine mercy does not replace the sacred heart. It completes and fulfills the sacred heart. In the sacred heart, we learn God is love, and he put that love into, uh, or I'm sorry, he wanted mankind to come to him to receive that love. Man didn't do it. 
So in St. Faustina, he put that love into action. That's the difference between the Sacred Heart and Divine Mercy. The Sacred Heart is learning that God is love and coming to him. And if we don't, then Divine Mercy is the last chance for mankind. That is God coming to us. You get it? You see the difference? The Sacred Heart is us coming to Jesus and making reparation to his Sacred Heart, which is wounded by sin. And it's, it's, it's learning that God is love. Don't be afraid. Come to him. The divine mercy is for the last of those people who still didn't do that. Divine mercy, Jesus said to St. Faustina, is mankind's last hope of salvation. I got as many as I could with the sacred heart. I invited you into my heart. I am love. Come, see my love. Receive my love. Come to me. But there's still people who didn't. So at the end of the world, I'm raising up the last chance divine mercy, and that's where I come to you. That's why Jesus' left foot is stepping forward. And so it doesn't replace the sacred heart. It completes and fulfills it. And so Dr. Stackpole said we need both the feast of the sacred heart and the feast of divine mercy. It doesn't replace the sacred heart. The feast of the sacred heart of Jesus was meant to be a day of reparation to his heart. Remember, consoling the heart of Jesus. First Friday, what do we do? Do you join us here on First Fridays at 8 p.m.? Because we make reparation to the sacred heart of Jesus for our sins and the wounds we cause this heart. Now, Dr. Stackpole says, however, the Feast of Divine Mercy is supposed to be a celebration of all that merciful love that flows from the sacred heart. So, if Mark can show the image of the divine mercy, what are the rays of divine mercy coming from? The sacred heart. The rays of red and white, the blood and the water, coming from the sacred heart. They don't replace the sacred heart, they come from the sacred heart. And all this stuff and these people condemning Faustina and getting people away from the faith. And, um, you know, some of my best friends are, I can't believe you follow that demonic, satanic, divine... I'm, what? If, 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 I mean, if that was true, then, then, then Christ is a fraud. And, 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 and who wants to believe that? And so anyway, he said that we have the divine mercy. The feast of divine mercy is a celebration of the love that flows from the sacred heart. Both feasts are needed, and Jesus himself asked for both of them. It's all in Christ's sequential order, preparing the world for the end Jesus said, before the end of the world, you, St. Faustina, will help prepare the world for my final coming. You, St. Faustina. And so who was this guy? Dr. Stackpole wrote another great article, part of his work, God's Amazing Mercy. Um, he said that basically, uh, Sapochka had a close relationship with Faustina. Uh, he was also a great, as we said, a great theologian um, and how the Lord used him. Now, we're going to show you a couple quotes here that I think are really powerful. Let's read with St. Faustina. Do you know she wrote about Sapochko in her diary? Could you imagine being written about by God and Faustina? This is how special this guy is. Let's read it. Reverend Father Sapochko left this morning. These are the words of Faustina. When I was steeped in a prayer of thanksgiving for the great grace that I had received from God, namely that of seeing Father, which you just watched on that video clip, I became united in a special way with the Lord who said to me, and now Jesus is talking, 
He is a priest after my own heart. You know, when I read that, I, 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 I hang my head because I know our Lord isn't able to say that about most of us priests just yet. But we're working, we're trying to become better and holier priests. He is a priest after my own heart. His efforts are pleasing to me. You see, my daughter, that my will must be done, and that which I had promised you I shall do. Through him, Jesus is talking about a priest, Sapochko. Oh, the priesthood is phony. Well, Jesus is talking about a priest here. Through him, I spread comfort to suffering and careworn souls. Through him, it pleased me to proclaim the worship of my mercy. And through this work of mercy, more souls will come close to me than otherwise would have. Even if he had kept giving absolution day and night the rest of his life. A lot of people say to me, Father, do you know John Vianney used to spend 18 hours in the confessional? God bless him. God called him to that. Father, how come you don't do that? Well, there's only 24 hours in a day. And, and along these lines, I'm trying as best I can to be out there preaching, teaching, spreading divine mercy. So different priests are called to different things. All right, let's go back. Giving absolution day and night for the rest of his life. Because by doing so, he would have labored only for as long as he lived. Whereas, thanks to this work of mercy, he will be laboring to the end of the world. Wow. Wow. Those are two powerful slides. Now let's go to our next slide, because it says, a priest after my own heart. That's intimidating as a priest. Because it's like, I, I, I just look at all my faults and weaknesses and mistakes and everything, and I'm like, the Lord isn't able to say that, but our goal as priests is to get every priest, the Lord, to be able to say that by, 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 by being faithful, by praying, by trying our best. And so, um, you know, he had the basis, you know, as a child, he was very holy. Do you know, um, he even built in a family home a little altar when he was a little boy. Um, and, and, and he sensed a call to the priesthood when he was just 10. I didn't get my call to the priesthood until I was 30. <laughs> God knew I had to, <laughs> he had a lot more work to me to do on me in the meantime. Um, it was only through the generosity of the rector at the seminary in Vilnius that he was able to study there for four years for the priesthood. And he was finally ordained in 1914, right after the start of the First World War. A tremendous need for mercy at that time. The greatest war. The war to end all wars. Uh, uh, unbelievable casualties. And so this was the time most needed for him to be a priest of mercy. And so our Lord then um, developed him by poverty and hardship into a character that was tough. This guy was a man's man. This guy wasn't some comfort loving, oh, don't, I, I, I hurt my fingernail. I got to take a day off. Um, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do a mass today. I remember I got double booked on something and um, needed help and asked a, a priest if he could take my 11 o'clock mass because I was, I was um, double booked. It was just a, a mess, my schedule, and I, I had to get to the heart doctor. And the, and the priest said, well, I've already done my mass today. 
Really? But then I look at the things that I've done. And so while I got frustrated at that, just later that day, I got upset with somebody. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm frustrated at this priest thinking he failed you. And then I turn around and fail you worse because his wasn't an act of um, uncharity where mine was. And um, his was maybe laziness. Mine was uncharity. They're both not what God wants in a priest. And so, so we, we, we have to focus on serving our Lord. And he did. He became tough. He persevered. He had courage. But he also had great compassion. He suffered a lot. Um, and we need all of these virtues um, you know, um, to, to survive today. And he needed them because in 1932, he, um, he was the confessor. He was made the confessor at the convent of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in Vilnius. And because St. Faustina was coming there, that's where he met her. And so Sister Faustina had prayed to Jesus for a spiritual director. And he said to her that he would get one to help her discern God's will. You need to as well. Get yourself a good spiritual director to help discern God's will. Now, her spiritual director was Sapochko. Now, I'm about to show you a video that brings, it very chokes me up every time I see him. I'm going to show you a one-minute video of Mark Massery. If some of you remember our story, Mark Massery was a, a, an incredible employee that worked for us, and he died suddenly, way too early, just in his 30s. Um, just a heartbreaking loss. And we've kept his videos. We've kept his memory alive. And um, I was just thinking about him the other day, and I'm doing my research for this talk, so I go on to find some videos, and that was the first one that popped up. Mark Massery talking about Blessed Michael Sapochko. What a beautiful little one-minute clip to show during this talk. So let's, let's take a look. God bless you, Mark. Turn any page of St. Faustina's diary and you'll find spiritual gems, like this one. Are you praying and sacrificing for your priests? In St. Faustina's diary, for the day, she asked Jesus to send her the sufferings of her spiritual director, Blessed Father Michael Sapochko. As a result, she has a horrible day, but Jesus says what she experienced was only a small portion of Father Sapochko's suffering. No one stands in opposition to Satan like virtuous priests striving for holiness. We need to preempt Satan's attacks by praying and sacrificing for them. It's easy to criticize our priests. It takes far more effort and humility to pray and offer sacrifices for them. It's true, no priest is perfect, but that's exactly why they need our prayers. Keep an eye out for the next issue of Marian Helper, which comes out in mid-November. It's always great to um, see those videos of Mark. And as I said, we, uh, we miss him. And uh, we keep, keep him in prayer, him and his family. Um, a very talented and, and a wonderful man. And still is, because we know he's interceding uh, for us, and especially here at the Marion Helper Center. Uh, but let's summarize now. Um, okay, basically, Sapochka was the answer to Faustina's prayers. God delivered and became um, the main promoter, Sapochko did, of her revelations. And it was primi primi primarily through him that she would answer the Lord's call to spread divine mercy. 
She couldn't do it. She was a cloistered nun. People forget this. How did Faustina spread divine mercy around the world? She was a cloistered nun. She couldn't leave. She was behind gates. How did the world get the message of divine mercy? Sapochko and the Marian fathers. It wasn't Faustina. And people are shocked when I say that. She was the intermediary. Jesus gave her the message. She wrote it down. And then Sapochko and the Marian fathers did the rest. It all fits together. And so how does this all happen? Let's read one more quote from Faustina. I love these quotes when she's talking about Sapochko. Okay, let's go to our next slide. Faustina wrote, I asked Jesus to give these generous graces to someone else. She was very humble. Because I did not know how to make use of them and was only wasting them. She thought she was wasting Jesus' graces. Jesus, have mercy on me. Do not entrust such great things to me as you see that I am a bit of dust and completely inept. But the goodness of Jesus is infinite. He had promised me visible help here on earth. And a little while later, I received it in Vilnius in the person of Father Sapochko. She's giving the answer that Jesus gave to her prayers. It's a priest. I had already known him before coming to Vilnius thanks to an interior vision. Again, the video I showed you earlier. One day I saw him in our chapel between the altar and the confessional and suddenly heard a voice in my soul say, this is the visible help for you on earth. He will help you carry out my will on earth. This is St. Faustina's words about Blessed Michael Sapochko. Amazing. And so I would talk to Father Seraphim about that. And um, I remember Father Seraphim said, uh, at first, he wanted to quit. He wanted to quit. He didn't want to be her confessor uh, because of what she was saying. She was saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And Mother Superior said, well, what are we going to do? What are we, we, what are we supposed to do here? And he said, well, let's have her medically evaluated. Let's get her checked out. So they did. They had a full-blown psychology test and psychological testing. And she came out perfect. Perfect. She wasn't crazy. And so Father Saposhko found out from the nuns that she was one of the best nuns in the convent. But she told him things in confession that nobody could have known about Jesus, which scared him. So Faustina was important, and so was Sapochko. St. Faustina had less than three years of formal schooling, um, yet she shedded light on things of the mystical life and about your soul, giving unparalleled understandings into the mystery of divine mercy. He said nobody could know this. No human being could know this. This was from God. And it came through her to him. And so, as we mentioned, he turned the writings, turned to the writings of Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, among others, uh, to help him confirm that she was authentic, that the revelations to her were real, and that God's greatest attribute was mercy. It all started to make sense to him. This was one of the most important things in preparing the world for a second coming. Jesus is not just going to show up one day. 
He's going to prepare the world. How did he do that? Started right here. Divine mercy. Jesus is not going to lay the world out to dry, hang it out to dry, and let it be lost. He's going to give you every possible chance to be saved, and there's no greater way than divine mercy. No greater way. So, at St. Faustina's insistence, we talked about this a little bit, he commissioned the painting of the image and directed her to write down everything that happened and everything Jesus said in the diary. We talked about that. He also supervised the printing of the first copies of the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the Divine Mercy Novena, and other Divine Mercy prayers, as well as the litanies that he put together based on what St. Faustina told him. Now, let's read what St. Faustina wrote about Sapochko in her diary. All right, let's go to the next slide. Write that my eyes rest on him day and night. Jesus is talking about Sapochko. And in entry 1408, Jesus said, his thought is closely united with mine. So be at peace about what concerns my work. I will not let him make a mistake. I always laugh when I read that. And I always say to Jesus, why couldn't you say that about me? <laughs> <laughs> and could you imagine Jesus telling, talking about you and saying to this nun, I will never let him make a mistake. Oh, wow. It's like, and I know why he lets me make mistakes because he's, you got to learn from him. See, Sapochka was on a different level. He, he was on a different level. And so I'm sitting there looking at, Lord, how come you can't say that? How come you can't say you won't let me make a mistake? It's easy because I got to learn from those mistakes. And that's why he allows me to make so much of them because there's so much to learn. And so anyway, extraordinary statements from Jesus that confirmed who St. Faustina was and what she had been saying. Now, in entry 1390 of the diary, St. Faustina stated, as a result of his efforts, a new light will shine in the church of God for the consolation of souls. Did you have any idea that Jesus talked this much about one man? I got something for you that you probably never heard. In the entire diary of St. Faustina, Jesus talks to St. Faustina through the whole thing. But there's one person that Jesus talks about other than St. Faustina in that diary more than any other person. Sapochko. We better listen to what this guy was about if Jesus talked about him that much. And so anyway, she said, as a result of his efforts, a new light will shine in the church of God for the consolation of souls. Even before St. Faustina died in 1938, Father Sapochko worked tirelessly. He researched things. He made the case for the establishment of the Feast of Divine Mercy. He did this. Actually, not her. And people are going to be like, Father, don't discredit St. Faustina. I'm not. It all started with her. But he carried it through. Following her death at the outbreak of World War II, Father Sapochko gave divine mercy materials, I said a second ago, to our Marian priest, the Marian fathers, and to escape the Nazis in a miraculous tour, he got it over here to the United States. And guess where it ended up? Stockbridge. Stockbridge. Right here. And that's how we became the community entrusted 
with the message and devotion of divine mercy. And I've said a thousand times, this is why I am a Marian of the Immaculate Conception. And this is why you are listening today because God wants you to be a part of it, even if it's just nothing more than offering up your little suffering on a daily basis. Even if it's nothing more than saying a little prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. If you can't think of any other prayers, if you've got no time for any other prayers, you can say, Jesus, I trust in you. You can do that. And so Seraphim, Father Seraphim said, and I quoted him this at the, at the dinner table. He's the one who gave the material, meaning Sapochko, to Armenian, blessed, or uh, Father Joseph Yarzhambowski, as he was coming to the United States. And where Father Yarzhambowski, the Marian, was doubting, was doubting he would be able to get here, because remember, he had to get through the Nazis, the, the Russians, the Japanese. We were all at war. Father Pochko didn't say, if you get to the United States to spread this. He told Michael, uh, blessed uh, uh, Father Yershambowski, Joseph, when you get to the United States, spread this. And Father Joseph eventually did make it to the United States and to Stockbridge. And so he made it. And this is where we established the beachhead. You know at D-Day they had to establish a beachhead? The beachhead of divine mercy is Stockbridge, Massachusetts. It is the epicenter. Everybody thinks it's Poland. The Polish even tell us. The epicenter of divine mercy is not Poland. It is Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And it humbles me every day that I wake up that as provincial superior, I got to guarantee, I got to guarantee that this doesn't stop. The beachhead of divine mercy from which spreads the message and devotion around the world comes from Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Have you ever come here? Don't take that lightly. Ask God for the grace that you too can become an apostle of divine mercy, that you too can go out and spread the message. Even if you're not standing on a street corner preaching the diary, just the way you live. When you're here at the National Shrine, ask for that grace. This is the epicenter of divine mercy, despite our weakness. And this is where the devil attacks the most. That's why if we don't, if we don't keep our guard up, the devil will run rampant right on this hill. People are shocked. You mean the devil's on the hill? The devil was on the, with Jesus on the, in the desert. And so Father Sapochko knew this, and he never lost an opportunity to preach about God's mercy. Amazing. In 1947, he went back to Bielzestok in Poland and helped to establish a new religious order that we just talked about. We showed the picture. And this was an amazing grace. The community as we know it now, as the Sisters of the Merciful Jesus, was written about by Faustina, as I said. His main concern, however, was spreading the message and devotion of divine mercy. And to that cause, he dedicated the rest of his life. He made it possible. Amazing. And meanwhile, the persecution continued to be a feature of his life. Um, a lot of times, you know where his biggest persecution came from? within the church, within the church. That's where his biggest persecution came because the, 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 devotion, the, the devotion was banned. Now Faustina saw this. She saw that it would happen. She wrote about it. Did you know that? 
right here. The diary of St. Faustina, she wrote about it. One day she said, I saw interiorly how much my confessor, Blessed Sapochko, would have to suffer. Friends will desert you while everyone will rise up against you and your physical strength will diminish. She's writing to him. I saw you as a bunch of grapes <laughs> chosen by the Lord and thrown into the press of suffering, squashed. I bet you didn't know this. Your soul, Father Sapochka, will at times be filled with doubts about this work and about me. She foresaw all this. Now let's go to our next slide because she said, I saw that God himself, I saw that God himself seemed to be opposing him. Remember, she said, why do you treat him so bad? And I asked the Lord why he was acting in this way toward towards Sapochko, towards him, as though he were placing obstacles in the way of his doing what he himself, you, Lord, had asked him to do. And the Lord said, I am acting thus with, with him to give testimony that this work is mine. That's why we priests can never claim this work is ours. It's always God's. We're just a broken tool. Tell him not to fear anything. My gaze is on him day and night. I read this. There will be as many crowns in the form of his crown as there are souls to be saved by his work. We just read that. It is not for the success of a work, but for the sufferings that I give reward. Can't emphasize this enough. So if you are struggling with a handicap, if you are struggling with children that just are so incorrigible, Remember, it's not the success Jesus is looking for, it's the effort. So it seems that part of our Lord's intention in permitting Sapochko to face this kind of suffering and opposition was that he had to experience for himself the mercy of God. How the grace of God's merciful love can carry us through all obstacles, all kinds of suffering. How amazing. All right, last couple paragraphs and we're done. In 1958, let's talk about how he finished. I've never talked about this before. Sapochko suffered damage to a facial nerve. And it made him very difficult for him to give public talks. He couldn't really preach anymore. Okay, so God has other plans. In 1962, he was severely injured in a car accident. In 1962... And this made it necessary for him to retire from most of his priestly duties. Now he was becoming truly a suffering servant. Guess what happened the next year? 1959, he suffered an even heavier cross than those physical ones. The temporary decision of the Holy See, based on a faulty translation of Faustina's diary into Italian by a, a nun that translated the Polish into Italian. She got it wrong, and it caused the Holy See to question it, as they should. It put a ban, the Holy See put a ban on the message, a temporary ban, in the forms that were proposed by her. The ban lasted almost 20 years. 
and it would not be lifted until right after he died. Amazing how God works. Sometimes we don't understand it, but remember God's ways are not our ways. Now it is not banned. She could not have been canonized if her theology was faulty. All it was was a faulty translation. That was what was faulty, not her theology. What was faulty was the translation of her words. The whole time, Sapochko never lost hope that the church would realize the truth. So he was encouraged when an official investigation into Faustina's life and virtue started in 1965 by who? John Paul II. This all ties. And what did John Paul II tell the Marian fathers? In a private meeting with the Marian fathers, John Paul II said, you Marian fathers, you have to be the apostles of divine mercy now. The baton is given to you. And guess what we're doing? We're giving the baton to you. We can't do it. We're just a little ragtag group of priests. We need you. So the, the Marian fathers are handing you that baton. Father, I can't do anything. I'm bedridden. You can offer up your suffering. Father, I can't do anything. I got my kids and my husband and grocery shopping, my job and traffic and ah, 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 ah. You offer all that up. Look how merciful God has been to us that he hasn't crushed us out of existence yet. Have you even thought of that? God's not merciful to me, Father. I struggle. The fact that we are still alive, the fact that we still have another day to go to confession, no matter how much we're suffering, the very, very fact that we have another day to go to confession and receive Holy Communion means God's mercy is off the charts. And so you can offer that as a thank you. You know my favorite prayer by far now? I, I, I follow, we, we, we do so many prayers um, every day. I, I make a schedule to do my prayers from the divine office, the rosary, our meditations, our examines, uh, all these prayers. But I follow that old little acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration, adore our Lord. C is contrition, tell the Lord we're sorry. T is thanksgiving, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his mercy endures forever. That's actually what the priest should say when you finish confession with him. Go in peace, your sins are forgiven. And, and most of the priests stop right there. But many priests, some priests that I know will say, uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. If you ever hear a priest say that in the confessional, your response is to be his mercy endures forever. And then S is supplication, where we ask for God and Mary to intercede for our friends, our relatives, and then lastly, ourselves. But my favorite prayer of all that is tea, thanksgiving. Sometimes I'll come into my morning meditation for half an hour and I got all these prayers I want to say in the scripture I want to read and I end up doing none of it. All I do is I look up at the Lord in that image of divine mercy and in that tabernacle and all I can keep thinking in my heart is thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you do nothing more than that, You've done something huge. And so, um, anyway, let's finish. I, I, I got another quote here that I think is really powerful. If Brother Mark can bring up the last couple quotes here. Um, she saw all this. She saw all this. There will come a time 
when this work which God is demanding so very much will be as though utterly undone. And then God will act with great power, which will give evidence of its authenticity. That's happening right now. It looked like it was undone during the ban. It has now been lifted. And now divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. It's been shown authentic. How, Father? Because she was canonized. It will be a new splendor for the church, although it has been dormant in it from long ago. That God is infinitely merciful, no one can deny. He desires everyone to know this before he comes again as judge. That is the whole key. Why now? Why this message at this time in history? Because he's coming. This was saved to the very end. Remember when you used to watch fireworks? What would they call the grand finale? Right before the very end. The best of the best of whatever it is came at the very end. Save the best for last. He's doing this because he's coming soon as the just judge. We don't know when. Please don't fall for those videos out there. They're making these videos and they have my picture on it and it's saying, Father Chris said the world would end in October. I never said the world will end in October. Please be careful of these things. All right, let's keep going. He wants souls to come to know him first as the king of mercy. When this triumph comes, we shall already have entered the new life in which there is no suffering. But before this, your soul, addressing Father Sapochko, he's all over the diary, will be surfeited with a bitterness at the sight of the destruction of your efforts. It made it look like it was all wiped out. However, this will only appear to be so. Because what God has once decided upon, he does not change. But although this destruction will be such only in outward appearance, the suffering will be real. When will this happen? I do not know. How long will it last? She said, I do not know. But God has promised a great grace, especially to you, Sapochko, and to all those, here's where you come in, Here's where you come, and this is directed to you, especially to you, Sapochko, and to all those who will proclaim my great mercy. I shall protect them myself at the hour of death as my own glory. This is you. I remember Brother Mark, one of the first things that Brother Mark pointed about the diary when we started working together on this, is he said, what an incredible passage number 378 is. And I don't have the diary memorized. So I'm like, what's diary 378? He says, we got to tell the Marian helpers. I'm like, tell them what? And he's like, listen to the words of Jesus. All those who proclaim my great mercy, I will protect them myself at the hour of death is my own glory. You know what that means? That means as a Marian helper, if you just carry out God's mercy, even if you're not a Marian helper, but especially if you are, but even if you're not, that's not a requirement. 
What is a requirement is that you live God's mercy. You become a disciple of God's mercy. He says it. All those who will proclaim my great mercy, I shall protect them at the hour of death is my own glory. That's you. Well, Father, how do I proclaim God's mercy? A million ways. Just pray. Just love your neighbor. Just, just defend the church in the honor of Our Lady. Just do nothing else but say, Jesus, I trust in you. If you can't do any of that other stuff, just say, Jesus, I trust in you. Father Dan Canberra says he says it 500 times a day. 500 times a day. Jesus, I trust in you. Wow. So to finish, let's go to our next slide. Father Michael Sapochko died in his simple bedroom in Bielzerstock, Poland, February 15th, 1975. There's a picture of him in his elderly years on your screen. And providentially, it was on the day of the commemoration, as I said before, of St. Faustinos, the patron saint of St. Faustina. It's the feast day of her patron saint, her name day. Then on September 28, 2008, he was declared blessed. I was the, when we, on that day in 2008, I was told to give a talk on Michael Sapochko. I was just a, I just a first year theology as a brand new Marian. And they said, brother, go give a talk on Michael Sapochko to the field show before Divine Mercy Sunday. And so I go down there, I'm like, I don't even know who this is. I don't even know who this guy is. And we were beatified. He was being beatified that day, 2008. I still remember it. And I'm stumbling through my notes and trying to figure out who this guy was as I'm giving a talk. And I remember at the end of it, I was like, whoa, this guy's declared blessed. We had a special mass here at the shrine. And the church celebrated in his little town of Poland, over 80,000 people showed up. They had a ceremony in, 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 in Rome. And I remember a quote that I found that day. And this is what I'd like to finish with. Let's go to our next slide. Because I love this slide so much, I put it on the cover. This is the slide that says, when this priest speaks of trust, trust him. <laughs> and I remember this quote, and I'd like to share it with you as we finish. Because it's a quote on trust, which St. Faustina says is the most important thing that we need to have to get to heaven. Remember Jesus, our sins didn't scandalize him on his passion. What did was your lack of trust. And he said, quote, let's go to the screen. Uh, did I not put this one quote on the screen? Maybe I didn't. 24. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I showed the picture. I don't have the quote on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. The decisive factor in obtaining God's mercy. What would you think it is? I kind of gave the answer. What is the decisive factor in obtaining God's mercy? Trust. And he said, trust is the expectation of someone's help. If you trust God, you expect he's going to help you. It does not constitute a separate virtue, but is an essential condition of the virtue of hope. You can't have hope without trust. 
an integral part of the virtues of fortitude and generosity. Because trust springs from faith, it also strengthens hope and love. It is the link between the moral virtues and the theological virtues. This is incredible. I remember just as a first year theology guy reading this, thinking this is important because what are the virtues? In the, in the moral virtues, the cardinal virtues, which we've done shows on EWTN, you have justice, fortitude, you have um, uh, prudence, uh, you, 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 you have temperance, temperance, justice, fortitude. These are man-made. You can acquire those with effort on your own. But then the greatest virtues are faith, hope, and the greatest of these is love. These are what you get at your baptism. That's why baptism is so important. But guess what the link between the two is? Trust. Trust. We don't do anything without trust. And so he says, basically, it's the link it may therefore be called the basis on which the theological virtues unite the moral virtues. That's the whole key to theology. That's the whole key. The moral virtues, originally natural, meaning you can acquire them through effort, become supernatural, which means you can't acquire them other than the grace of God. That's the faith, hope, and charity, theological virtues. And if we practice them with trust in God's help, we can get to heaven. Amazing. And so divine mercy has become, since then, what Father Seraphim called the greatest grassroots movement in the history of the church. Mm -mm -mm. And none of this would have been possible if it weren't for him, the priest who believed in St. Faustina. And in many ways, it wouldn't have been possible with who came after him. Father Joseph Yarzembowski, Marion. Father Seraphim, Marion. Father Kaz, Marion. And all of the Marion fathers. Wouldn't be possible. And so what a great blessing this is. And so thank you for joining me, but don't forget his feast day is coming up next week. Ask for the grace of trust through his grace that you trust God. That's how you get to heaven. Ask for this on this day, February 15th, a monumental day, February 15th. And um, I'd like to also show a good friend of our Marian community, a priest in Buffalo. I told you before, other than us Marian priests, I've never met a priest who come up to me and said, Father, the key is blessed Michael Sapochko. One priest, his name is Father Bill Quinlanvin, and let's show his book, his book there on the screen, and this is a really powerful book. It's called Divine Mercy In and Out of Season, and uh, The Gaze, Rays, Ways, and Praise of Mercy, and you can get this on Amazon, and so um, I point to anybody who would like to learn more um, this is a priest, Father Bill Quinlanvin, that realizes the importance of divine mercy. And most of all, uh, I should say, of Blessed Michael Sapochko, and most of all, divine mercy. And so with that, we want to just say, don't let these resources that God gives us, these graces that God gives us, go unused. Okay? God bless you. And remember, this is all in God's plan. 
and as a Marian helper, you're part of it. Amen? Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Blessed Michael Sapochko, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.